here in the house of God this morning. How many are happy that in another week your kids are going back to school? Not that many. How many are, are, are grateful of all the time that you had with your kids during, I don't know, it's been a whole year, right? It's been a pretty long time. Um, if you're here for the first time, we are, this whole month has been a month on focusing on prayer. Um, we need prayer. Second uh, Corinthians 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and seek my face, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. And right now in Hawaii and all across the world and, and our nation, uh, there's things that are happening that are way outside of any control of, a, uh, of any one person, any one church. And the solution is to be praying and asking God to heal our land. How many of you believe that God answers prayer? And, and one of the things that we're doing is uh, at the end of this month, which is uh, on Saturday, uh, a bunch of churches are going to come together, uh, between 10 to 20 churches are going to come together to pray and intercede on behalf of this island uh, and ask God that God would move again as he's moved in the past. Hawaii has experienced uh, huge revivals in the past of up to 90%. They say people that are his, uh, historic scholars, they say that um, in the early 1800s that uh, there was, and you can go and visit different places on the island and see these um, churches that are built all over Maui, the Big Island. Uh, the Big Island had the largest church in the world at that time, and uh, God, God moved in a huge way in the Hawaiian Islands. Um, several, about, I don't know, I guess it's 10 years ago, uh, all the churches got together to pray and prayed for every single high school student by name, and it was a year after that there was an explosion of young people who got saved in this youth revival. Uh, Pastor Zach, he's uh, one of our uh, pastors here at the church got saved during that time, as well as Shalice and some others. And um, we want to believe that God's going to do something significant again. So uh, if you guys are free on Saturday evening, uh, there's still some space. So register. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing in your bulletin. You can register um, to be a part of that. So there is limited seating, but I think there's between 50 to 60 seats left. So uh, if you haven't registered for that, please go ahead and do it. It's going to be an awesome time. Amen. So last week, we talked about uh, ask, seek, knock, and we looked at the progress, the progression of prayer, that when you first come to know the Lord, a lot of times, every prayer that you pray gets answered really quickly. How many can attest to that, that when you first got saved, prayers are just answered all the time? Do you guys, how many of you, it's still like that, that every prayer that you pray is answered as fast as when you first got saved? No? Sometimes? But there's this progression that we ask, and then God takes us to this next place of seeking him, that sometimes the prayers don't get answered. And so God says, seek me, and seek my character, seek my ways, and then understanding him is the next progression. And then the last one is to knock, to contend for the kingdom. And in our lives, in the lives of the people around us, in our workplace, and in our community, God has placed us there for a reason and he asks us to contend for the kingdom and to see his kingdom advance uh, in, this, in this church or in our community and, and in the world. So that was last week. We talked about Ask, Seek, Knock. This week, we're, uh, a series on prayer wouldn't be complete without jumping into the Lord's Prayer. So Pastor Zach and I are going to be jumping into the Lord's Prayer. And uh, as we were looking at it last week, Ask, Seek, Knock was a progress of prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, when, uh, when Jesus was doing his ministry here on earth, the disciples would see that Jesus would go off and pray 
spend time with his father, and then come back refreshed, strong, and miracles would be performed, and people would come to, to have faith in, in him. And the disciples started seeing this correlation between his prayer life and what was happening uh, in the outward ministry of his life. And they said, hey, John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Uh, could you teach us how to pray too? And so Jesus said, in this manner, everyone say manner. In this manner, uh, I want you to pray, and he gives the Lord's Prayer. So it's, it's, you can say the Lord's Prayer as a repetition, but he was saying this is the attitude that we approach prayer from. So we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer as a perspective uh, or priority of how we pray. Um, and what Jesus did during that time, a lot of us have grown, how many of you have grown up in church that uh, from the time you were young, you were in church? And so this is kind of second nature to us, but uh, in Jesus's day, it was filled with, um, with uh, Greek philosophy and, and the Roman Empire, and the Jews were a small part of that. And he was teaching them uh, the priorities in prayer. So approach God through relationship. So I'm just going to give kind of an overview, and then we're going to jump, jump in on it. Uh, approach God through relationship. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, relationship and respect. And back then, people didn't even refer to God as a father. And so uh, he said, approach God as a father. Pray for his purpose to be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, one of the falsehoods that, that people have and still have today is that Prayer is like this genie in a bottle that if I pray hard enough, that God will have my will be done. But in the, the prayer, it says it's not about our will. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, the next thing, uh, have you ever heard people say, God helps those who help themselves? Anybody have heard, heard that? that? That's not in the Bible, but um, we, we quote it like it is. And, and part of, oh, shucks, I forgot to pray for We'll pray for Gary at the end. Um, re remind me to pray for Gary. We have to pray for uh, one of our guys are going to Afghanistan. In a, when is he going? Tomorrow. So we want to pray for him before he goes. Um, pray for your needs. Jesus says uh, to give us this day our daily bread. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to bother God with my needs. Um, God helps those who help themselves. And, and Jesus did not uh, teach us to pray that way. Uh, the next thing is forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have forgiven our debtors. And one of the misconceptions people have is that my relationship with God is totally disconnected from my relationship with other people. That I can be struggling with bitterness or unforgiveness toward other people and toward my coworkers and my mom and my dad, and it will not affect my relationship with God. And Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us because there is an interconnectedness of relationship. And then the last thing, um, praying for divine protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And uh, one of the things that we can easily fall into is like, ah, oh, I don't care about Satan. I don't care about evil. I'm just going to focus on God, and, and that's it. But Jesus' Jesus's ministry was just filled with encountering the enemy and not ignoring the enemy, but recognizing him and, 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 and pushing him out. So th that was the template of what he gave us. So um, let's read the Lord's Prayer together, and then I'm going to jump into the first point. So can we read this at the count of three? One, two, three. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God, we pray that you'd speak to us through your word. Thank you that you have given us a manner in which to pray and to approach your Father. God, thank you that, that all of us can, even though we've heard this so many times in our lives, Lord, that you can open up new uh, perspectives to scripture and, and new life into our walk with you. God, we pray that you'd speak to us through your word, and we ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Um, our, so the first thing, our approach to God through relationship and reverence. Uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I remember when I was a kid, and um, my dad was a pastor, is the pastor, uh, is a pastor of the church, the founding pastor, and I remember he would always tell me, um, it doesn't, because you're my son, it doesn't matter uh, if I'm in a counseling session, if I'm meeting with other pastors, whatever I'm doing, uh, my phone is always on, and, and if you call, I'm going to answer. And so uh, I, would, I remember I would call, and he would like, you know, he'd pick up the phone, and he'd say, hey, I'm in a meeting, but um, is there anything I can, is this going to take long? And he would always prioritize uh, our family and, and us as kids. And I remember, um, I remember one time, uh, there was this lady, and I was like super rascal when I was small, and I would, you know, do bad things in the church and be a bad influence on other kids. And, and I remember this one parent came up to my dad after church, and he's like, your son is such a bad influence. He, he took our kids out there, and he dug, dug these holes, and now they're all dirty, and you got to take better care of your kids. And I remember my dad saying, you take care of your kids, and I'll take care of mine. And I was kind of like waiting for him to get mad and like correct me. And instead of correcting me, he's like, you take care of your kids, and I'll take care of mine. And I was like, wow, that was kind of cool. And but for me, I remember uh, that, that I always had access to my dad, that there was nothing too important that, um, that I couldn't approach him. And so it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, when you approach God, approach with relationship, that you have access because he's your Father. And that was totally outside of what the Jews experienced. If you look in the Old Testament, every single reference to Son of God is in reference to an angel. Son of God is never in reference to a Christian or to a human being in the Old Testament. It's only in the New Testament that we see uh, Jesus referencing hu humans as sons of God. The whole revelation of Abba, Father, is not Old Testament, it's New Testament. And so when Jesus Christ died, it opened up the opportunity for us to be adopted into his family and be able to have access to God as a father. So that's what Jesus Jesus was telling us. But at the same time, when you have access as a son to a father, how many of you have experienced getting really familiar with your father or your mother and getting critical and disrespectful because you're close now? How many of you heard the term, my old man? Anybody hear that term? Oh, my old man did this. My old man did that. And in our culture, when we have relationship, it's very easy to be irreverent. And what Jesus was saying is you have access through God through relationship, but you have authority through respect and reverence. And so as we respect and revere our Heavenly Father, there's an authority and an anointing that God gives us in prayer as we come with a reverent spirit. Uh, there's a, a, a countercultural 
uh, value of the kingdom right now in our culture where it's, it looks at our, our fathers, even our, the founding fathers of the country, and tries to criticize and condemn everything that, that they've done. And that's not a right spirit. That's not a spirit of the kingdom. That's a spirit of the world. Because legacy and movements can't be made through being critical of what previous generations have done. What we need to do is be thankful and grateful and honor and have respect of what uh, others have done before us. Amen? And so, um, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, the next thing was, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So, Pastor Zach is going to come and share uh, the next priority. So, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, it, it looks like the kingdom and then the kingdom in me, the kingdom in others around me, and then the kingdom being pushed into the places of evil. So, can you give a hand for Pastor Zach? Thank you. Yes. Okay, so continuing on uh, with the Lord's Prayer, we want to pray for God's purposes to be done here on this earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was sitting down and I had this thought that, you know, why, why would Jesus say on earth as it is in heaven? Interesting, right? It's because, like, what is in heaven has already, it's already done. So the victory has already been won. The battle has been won. The, the provision has, is already there. And therefore, we must pray that it happens here on earth. That we pray according to what is already done in heaven. Amen? I thought that was, that was a good thought. Yeah, good job nah, nah. <laughs> but you know we, we think about what is what is God's purpose what is his desire if we are supposed to pray for his kingdom to come and his will be done then what is what is it and it's praying for his kingdom to expand on the earth to cover the earth and how do we do that how do we do that it's taking kingdom-minded people and placing them and putting them in the darkest places of the earth. Kingdom-minded people that are willing to go into all the earth as ambassadors of Christ and of heaven and the kingdom of God and to bring the kingdom into those areas. Amen. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God's heart and his desire is to see people who are far off be reconciled to himself, to be brought near to himself. Amen? Man, God is so good. Right now? And we're going to pray for Gary. <laughs> because, okay, he's going into one of the darkest places on the earth. Amen? And God has given him this burden and he's given him a heart to see the people of Afghanistan loved and encouraged and empowered by the love of Christ. Amen. And that's his goal. That's his mission. Is to love on the people of 
of Afghanistan, and he's going on this scouting trip to see if it's safe for uh, the team to go in October, October, the end of October. And so we're going to pray for his safety and pray for wisdom uh, for him. If you bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you so much for Gary, and we thank you for the mission that you've given him, the heart and the call to, to the Afghan people that you've given him. Lord, we pray as he goes on this, on this scouting trip for two weeks, Father, he leaves tomorrow, that you will protect him, that you will divinely protect him, Lord, while he's there. Not only that, that you will give him wisdom in where, in where to go and what to do and what to say, that there are going to be open doors and new ways, Lord, that your love can be shared and that your gospel can be shared throughout uh, that land and throughout that country. We thank you for what you're doing through him uh, in, in the Afghan nation. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Thank you. So the next thing going on is in prayer for our needs. How, many, how many of you happy that God cares, cares about our needs? Yeah? I'm happy. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. I feel like this area we are very good at. Amen. How many of you good at praying for your needs? I come on, come on now. <laughs> I I feel like ninety percent of our prayers are for our needs and what we, what we want, what we need. We wake up in the morning. Lord, help me to do good today. Help me to make a lot of money. Help me. <laughs> Lord, to, that everything that I put my hands to, that it will prosper and that my job will, will, will allow me to be promoted. Yeah? <laughs> hey, we are very good at praying for our needs. However, we don't always get what we, what we pray for, right? It's kind of a bummer. But it's good. It's good for us. Because God cares more about our character than he does about what we have and our circumstances and our situations. You know, I remember that my sophomore year uh, in high school, I, it was Christmas time and I wanted a paintball gun. I was really into paintball at that time and I was super excited. I asked my parents for this paintball gun all year. I've been waiting for this. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get my paintball gun. Finally, you know, and everybody wanted the autocockers at the time. That was the, big, that was the big gun. And all you had to do was roll your fingers on the trigger. It was the long trigger, and you just roll your fingers, and it'd be like a fully automatic gun. It's like, brrrr. I did not want that. I wanted the single shot. I had a pump action, pump action paintball gun, and I wanted the feeling of somebody raining paint at me, and I pop out from behind the bunker, and I shoot them right between the eyes in the in the mask and that would just and I've done it it feels great <laughs> it feels great because I finally got it then I did not get that I was everybody we okay so we go in order from youngest to oldest when we open up presents and so my my youngest brother he got what he wanted and I'm like yes okay one down my sister she got what she wanted okay it's looking good my my other brother, he got what he wanted. I'm like, yes, I got my paintball gun because it looked like the size. It was not a paintball gun. It was traumatic. I opened it up, and I was, 
and I didn't want to seem ungrateful, so I had this smile on my face, but tears started welling up in my eye, and like, if you know when you're looking at light, and then it gets all like shiny, it was like that, I'm like, thank you, I was, I was devastated, I don't even remember what I got because of that, but why do we not get what we pray for, what? Why, why does that happen? In James 4, 3, it says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. To spend it on your passions. When we, the, what's so good about the Lord's Prayer is because it takes us through a, a, a sequence and a path. When we pray, Lord, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, we're declaring who he is. Declaring who he is. Then we go on to begin to pray for what God wants. For his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then that helps us to align our heart with the Father's heart. So that our prayers become not self-centered, but more self-sacrifice in nature. Amen? That we begin to pray according to God's will. And we find that our needs, when our needs and God's will meet up together, we see heaven break forth. Amen? And that's an important thing to understand. We want to pray according to God's will. But he cares about our needs. But why? It's so that our needs can be met so that we can be a blessing to other people. And I think about this. Imagine you pray, God, make me rich. I want to be rich, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for making me rich. And then you ask yourself, why? Why are you saying that prayer? Are we praying that prayer? Are you praying that prayer so that you can have all the toys that you can take all the vacations that you want to take, have the latest iPhone, smartwatch, whatever it is. Or is it so that you can be a blessing to somebody else, so that you can give somebody the latest iPhone, that you can give somebody the smartwatch, that you can give somebody the vacation that they could never afford on their own, to start up a business or a ministry that would bless other people. When we pray according to our needs, because it's good to have stuff, right? That we need money to survive and to, to buy food and whatnot. However, but the reason why we want to be rich or have a lot of money is not for our own personal gain, but it's for other people. And so that's where we see our heart align with the heart of the Father. Amen? And for my, for, uh, my last point is to pray for the reconciliation of relationships. Pray for the reconciliation of relationships. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When I was a kid, I was always asking for forgiveness and always saying, having to say I'm sorry because I would always hurt my brothers. I would hurt them. And not because I wanted to hurt them. It's because I play hard. Anybody play hard? When we would wrestle, like I was wrestling and I was having fun. I was playing but I would hurt them, and then they'd cry. So, like, we'd be laughing, 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 and then all of a sudden, they start crying. and be like, what happened? Like, we were just laughing 
two seconds ago, and now you're crying. And now my mom is breathing down my neck, and he's yelling at me, like, why are you hurting your brothers? Like, we were playing. We were just playing. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you because we were playing. It's your fault, not mine. <laughs> not <laughs> but I, I would constantly have to say, uh, say sorry and ask for forgiveness, and that really prepared me for marriage. I'm still saying sorry, asking for forgiveness. Zach, you didn't take out the trash. Sorry. I'll go do it now. Zach, you didn't wash the dishes. I know I said I would do it. I'm sorry. Zach, you didn't tell me you had something going on tonight. I'm sorry. I will make sure that I communicate better. Good preparation for marriage. <laughs> for me. I don't know about you. That's just me. Uh, thinking about uh, saying sorry and forgiveness, they're, they're a little bit different. You can say sorry, but not, not really be sorry. But when you ask somebody for their forgiveness, it makes it, there's just a different level. It makes it more real. And so when God asks us to, to forgive, we need to forgive and we need to ask for forgiveness. It helps us to enter in to communion with him. Amen. I find it very hard when I have unresolved, uh, un, uh, like unforgiveness or unresolved sin or un, uh, that I have not addressed with God, I find it extremely hard for me to enter into the presence of God. Yeah. The leading up, when we declare who he is, pray his will, pray for our needs it begins to put our hearts in a position where we can ask for forgiveness. Like in humility, understand that we were wrong to ask for forgiveness. And not only that, but it softens our heart to forgive what has happened to us. Amen? It's very important for us. Matthew 18, 21 through 35 Peter comes up, to, comes up to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, how many times do I forgive people? How many times do I forgive my brother? And he's like, seven times seven. I'm like, what? That is too much. Too much. 70 times seven. Can you imagine somebody coming up to you and doing the same thing over and over and over again? Offending you, hurting you, and you still have to forgive them every single time. That's tough. That's a tough thing to do. But that's what God calls us to. He calls us to it. Amen? To forgive those who hurt us, who trespass against us. He calls us to it. He continues and he, uh, Jesus tells the parable about, parable about the king and his servants. He wanted to settle the debts of his servants. And he goes and he forgives all the debts and then one of the servants, his, his fellow servant had, had some money that he owed him. And he's like, bro, you got to pay me. He's like, I can't pay you. I, I, I can't even pay, pay our king back. How am I going to pay you? And he goes, well, if you can't pay me, then I'm going to throw you in jail until you can pay me. And so he does that. King finds out. And then he throws him in jail. 
because he just forgave him. And he won't even forgive his friend, his fellow servant. He won't even forgive him. So he's, and Jesus goes on to say that just, just as we forgive those, God forgives us. But if we cannot forgive, then God cannot forgive us. And it's an interesting thought to think of. But we get thrown into prison. We throw ourselves into prison because of our unforgiveness and our own bitterness. Like after Jesus, there's forgiveness. Like God forgives us no matter what. However, when we choose to not forgive what happens to us, not to forgive people, we willingly put ourselves into prison. We willingly do that. And that's why God wants us to continually forgive, to forgive, to forgive, so that we are not stuck in a prison cell, that we can be free. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Can you give a hand for Zach? Great. So the last thing is uh, pray for divine protection and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's so interesting that he closes off this way. And, uh, you know, I don't like to focus on evil. How many of you guys like to focus on evil? I mean, there's not, that's not something that we want to, to focus on. But Jesus ne- didn't ignore that problem. Um, he recognized that it exists. Um, I've noticed in my life that when I draw close to the Lord, when, I, when I'm seeking God with all of my heart and I just want everything, you know, his kingdom in my life, that's when a lot of supernatural things start happening, both good but uh, evil as well. And I think there's a huge difference in, in um, if you're in your house and things go missing and you're like, oh, things are missing. I must be forgetting things. Opposed to there's somebody coming into your house and stealing stuff. Then you're aware that somebody's stealing some, something. And I think in our lives, Jesus said, we can't be ignorant of the enemy's devices, that there, we do have an enemy. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of be transparent with you uh, t- today a little bit. Um, how, many of you, how, many, how many of you have either read Harry Potter or watched Harry Potter, the movie? Okay, how many of you think that's evil? And Yeah, it is kind of evil. Uh, but I've done both. <laughs> my, my kids wanted to watch Harry Potter, so I was like, okay, let's, let's watch some Harry Potter. Um, so we were watching Harry Potter, and it's a, it's a pretty cool movie. I, I wouldn't suggest watching it if, if uh, you know, because there are some stuff in it that, that are evil, and you can open up doors of evil if you do stuff. And I say that because um, I, I want to I tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? I, I normally don't tell stories like this, but I, I just want to share with you why I think it might not be the best thing to watch Harry Potter or any kind of like these crazy movies. Anyway, when I first got married, we went to Okinawa on a mission trip. That was our honeymoon. We went to Okinawa on a mission trip. And we stayed at this person's house. And when we left, they gave us these little idols. They weren't Christians. And they gave us these little shishi dog idols. You know, the Japanese little lion things that people would put to scare away the demons? 
So they gave us these two little idols, and I didn't want to throw them away because, you know, they were, they were a gift. So I took them, and I put them in my suitcase, and, uh, and we flew back from Okinawa to, um, to Oahu, and we were at my grandparents' house, and I woke up in the middle of the night because my wife was praying. And, uh, and so I woke up to her praying, praying in the spirit, and I woke up, and I saw at the foot of my bed this figure of a Japanese man. And it was very clear. He was just standing at this, the foot of the bed. And, um, and then he opened up his mouth and he said, I can feel your spirit. I still remember it. It was like very, sh- he said, I can feel your spirit. He opened up his mouth and there was like this stream of light that was coming out of my chest into his mouth. And I never saw that before. That was the first time I ever saw that. When I was watching Harry Potter, there was that exact scene where, I don't know, what's the name of the bad guy? Dementors or something, yeah. And they opened up their mouth and like they would suck the spirit out of people. And I looked at that and I was like, that's the exact thing that I saw. And the crazy thing was that, that, um, that I, so I started praying and then it disappeared. And, um, and my wife, she woke up and she said, why were you praying? And I said, I woke up praying because you were praying. And she goes, no, I woke up praying because you're praying. And I said, well, why were you praying? And she said, because I saw a figure and I said, where did you see the figure? And she pointed to the corner of the bed, the same place that I saw it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I went over to the corner of the bed, and I opened up the suitcase, and there was the two idols, like, right there in the suitcase. So we are like, oh, okay, we got to get rid of that. So we took it out, smashed it, and threw it away because, you know, the, the host that we stayed with didn't know that that's what we did. But, but there was a supernatural power that that, that Thing had, and I think we have to be mindful that there are superna- that we have an enemy, and the pattern of the Lord's prayer is that it's at the bottom. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is where we start off. We surrender. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And under that, give us this day our daily bread. We submit ourselves to God, and and then the kingdom goes from us to others. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then the last thing is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Help us to take the kingdom into the darkest places of the world. So Gary going into Afghanistan right now is like not the best time to go to Afghanistan. There's like a lot of things that are happening in that government where the U.S. has pulled out and people that are trying to teach women are in harm's way and people that are educating and having school there, uh, there's a school that's being run through Global Hope there, they're in harm's way. He's actually going to meet with the vice president of, the, of Afghanistan and s- hopefully get protection for anybody who wants to go to the mission trip in October. But keep him in prayer um, as well as, um, you know, every single one of us in our own lives, God has called us to take the kingdom of God into places of darkness. And and in our own communities and in our own, um, in our own island. It's awesome to see that hunger has been eliminated uh, through the burden and passion of Joyce and Miles and Feed My Sheep. And there's nobody on the island now that suffers hunger because some kingdom-minded people went to the darkest places. And it's so amazing to see how God has used different ones in, in our church. Uh, Rhonda's awesome in foster care and uh, her, her vision to, to mobilize the churches to to see foster care happen. Um, But God wants to call every single one of us. And if we practice this Lord's Prayer, uh, the progression of the Lord's Prayer, 
it's not just saying the Lord's Prayer, but having those priorities as we pray. I believe God will hear from heaven. He will hear our prayers, forgive our sin, and heal, heal our lands. So, um, so let's pray. Oh, one last announcement. It's kind of important. I forgot to say it in the beginning, but uh, this September marks the seventh year of uh, my father uh, giving me the lead pastorship of the church. And so uh, September is the end. I'm going to be taking a sabbatical for about three months and visiting other churches and just seeking God for the next season of the church. God's doing amazing things in our small groups and the life of our church. We're going to be jumping into another series called The Chosen and watching the, the video of The Chosen. And um, so, so Andrea wants to pray for me, I guess. I'll steal the mic. You know, I just thought as he's leading on a sabbatical, it would be just really powerful for us as a church to pray for him um, for this time. And so he's been leading us amazingly, and we're really grateful for him. But um, just that this will be a time of refreshment. Um, so if you guys wouldn't mind stretching out your hand just as we pray. She says, I'm going to pray. Because, Zach, can you pray? <laughs> Lord, we thank you so much for Pastor John. God, we thank you for his leadership, Lord, his heart for you, his heart to see your kingdom come and your will be done, to see lives changed and transformed, to see people reconciled to you. And we thank you so much for what you're doing in his life. And as he uh, takes this sabbatical for, for three months, Lord, we pray that you will refresh him, that you will give him new insight, new passion, and begin to give him vision and dream, Lord, for the next season of this church. We thank you for him. Protect him. Keep him safe, Lord, for him and his family. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I just have a couple closing announcements. Um, we've been um, focusing on the Apostles' Creed this year, and um, we had a challenge to our church congregation um, to memorize the Apostles' Creed because it has so many foundational points, and a few families did that. And so we have a little, just like a one-minute video clip, just kind of highlighting a couple of those. So let's take a minute to look at that just before we close.